welcome to your self-love sanctuary. Sessions to bring you home wherever you are. This podcast is best listened to in a cozy environment. Relax, unwind, and listen in. This is your time to just be. Hello and welcome back to Self Love and Sanctuary. Today I am super stoked to bring you one of my dear friends. Jackie Daigle of Earth Wimps. I had a few guests lined up and last minute they had to cancel and here she is in the studio with me in her red and black checkered flannel PJs. (laughs) So yeah, she's pretty cool. And as I take this time to introduce her, she has a nice bundle of sweet grass and she's going to light it for us. And this is just going to bring a little sweetness into the studio as we record tonight. We just set our intention, just thought of our guests and what they would like to hear tonight. And I'm thinking we're going to talk a little about tarot. We're going to talk a little bit of the gypsy life. Jackie is a gypsy. She's lived many places, many homes, but she's always curated her own special sanctuary in her space. And she's the opposite of me. I am very, I would say minimal, kind of, and her, she's very (laughs) non-minimal. She brings, (laughs) you know, the forest in, basically. So I thought she'd be a great fit. So, Jackie, you just cleansed the space with sweetgrass. I did. Can you tell me a little bit about sweetgrass first? Sure. It's known as Mother Earth's hair, and it originated with um, our First Nations, who would use it in ceremony and for cleansing. And it's become popular amongst other other people who... uh, like the connection, the earth connection that they get with sweetgrass. And people who tend to be, as I am, into the esoteric arts or into healing and energy work and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of uh, benefits to burning different sacred herbs. And sweetgrass is always one that livens up the space a little bit. Thank you. And I did mention that she's a tarot reader. I forgot to mention a little bit about her business and I'd love to do that a bit first before we begin. Her company name is Earthwims. She does have a podcast called Earthwims. She runs retreats, she does tarot reading, she does energy work, energy healing. She also has these nature-centric retreats where you can book in one-on-one and she'll give you a nature experience. So check her out earthwims.com thanks for the plug jackie and i have a mutual friend her name is tosh taylor she actually is our producer of our podcast so that's how we both know her podcast hub yeah the podcast hub (laughs) um but i remember jackie when you first introduced me to tosh you were telling me that you met Mm-hmm. Um, you told the story of when you met, and before yeah. Tosh even knew you, she said something about you. Can you share that, please? Sure. You kind of hinted at it, where I lived many places, and I always created um, sort of a sanctuary. 
and over the years um there has grown less and less i guess diminished not grown uh the distinction between where earth whims ends and where i begin so that people who come to my house for a weekend or a little holiday visiting friends family whatever they all said that they felt like they were at a retreat that they were getting the earth whims experience and i used to question them like what what is it what what is it and the majority all said it was you it's you it was me that how i nurtured them and looked after them and made sure that they had the most comfortable bed with the kinds of sheets that they liked and the kind of blankets that they liked and the kind of pillows. Do you like hard pillows? Do you like soft pillows? Yeah. Do you want a bottle of water to take up to bed with you? Do you want lemon in it? Do you want lavender in it? Right? And the food, what kind of food do you like? And where do you want to eat? Do you want to eat outside? Do you want to eat inside? So just curating those because I do it out of a passion. It's my passion to bring people in and basically spoil them, nurture them. And Tosh had come to stay at my house initially with my niece. That's how I came to meet her, through my niece. And I wasn't there the first time they came. And Tosh said that as soon as she they pulled into the driveway, she had a feeling. And as the weekend progressed, she understood what it meant to feel connected, which she had never felt before. And and then she had since come back with the same group while I was there. And the opportunity was granted for both of us to deepen our bond around the Earth Whims circle, right? Around that Earth Whims experience that unbeknownst to me was just me doing me, mm-hmm. right? It was at the time just you doing you mm-hmm. in your home. And since then just by following that intuitive love you've created quite a bit Mm -hmm. and that's a testimony to us all isn't Mm -hmm. it that Mm -hmm. our own zone of genius is what we're good at and we don't realize that not everyone is good at that and I think part of that is probably uh in part societal norm that we feel that we need to fit some sort of mold and when our, our passions and our purpose our direction is taking us into an avenue that's really in comparison to the societal norm is coloring outside the lines and we you know a lot of people react in fear and, and uncertainty and and in order to do what I do you really have to be self-aware yeah and trust in your guidance and trust in your soul's calling that nothing is going to stop you from doing what you need to do of course without harming anyone as much as possible I'm not saying I haven't broken a few hearts along the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's imperative to live authentically. And I've never been one to get bogged down where what the Joneses think. You know, yeah. I don't care about the exterior of my home. I would be just as happy living in a cabin in the woods somewhere and have it filled with flowers. Because yet again, it would be creating that Earthwim's vibe, which is where I'm happiest. Yeah. Since I spend a lot of time alone. If you could sum it up, what does home mean to you really? What is it that you need? There's a song that's popular right now that I have on one of my playlists called Roots, and it's about not having roots that, you know, like you hinted at the gypsy lifestyle. I stopped counting, I think, after I'd moved 33 times. 
since we initially moved when I was 11. And then from then on, we moved as a family. And then I went out on my own and moved and moved and moved. And all of those moves, a lot of times, had nothing to do with the geography or the location. It was me running away from myself. And everywhere I ended up, there I was. And that thing just kept repeating? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You and I have talked a lot about letting go, right? When you let go of things, what you really want, what you really desire comes to you without having to strive for it, without having to grasp for it. Especially when those letting goes are, they feel hard to let go. Yeah. The ones that feel hardest. Right. When you know they're not aligned. Right. When you can let those go. Yeah. That's when it's. There's magic in there. So to you, home is not needing roots would you say that is yeah. that the answer to that question i think would you i am say? my home i see yeah. my home more as my body as my temple is where i live because i it is my spiritual self and so for me home is not it's not a geographic i feel at home in some areas more than others geographically and i've made homes out of everything from dilapidated little single car garages that had been turned into, you know, self-sufficient little apartment to a grand two-story apartment in an old Victorian to everything in between. And, and it didn't matter what it was, what, how big or how lavish, how new, how old, how leaky or drafty. For me, a drafty house, it just shows me the house has gills and it's breathing. So I live, I guess, according to other people, in a very unorthodox way. Home isn't, for me, the geography. It's who I am. Where I feel at home, most of all, is right on the shores of the Bay of Fundy, the world's highest tides. You want to talk about negative ions? (laughs) Explain the concept of negative ions. You're the one who first taught it to me. Really? Yeah. Um, large bodies of water that move, right? Um, oceans and waterfalls and that sort of thing emit negative ions, which is a charged particle of air. And um, it, this is a scientific fact. And when you are in the in that environment and you breathe in that air, it has an effect on your happy hormones, it your does. serotonin. So if you pay attention to history, you know, some 100, 150 years ago, especially You know, in old British movies, often the doctors would prescribe convalescence on the shores because they knew already the benefit of being on the shore. People flocked to the beaches in the wintertime to get away from the lack of negative ions. And another way to explain negative ions is to explain positive ions. So we've all had the experience of walking into a room shortly after somebody's had a fight. And you can feel that tension and you could cut it with a knife. That's positive ions. Positive ions, not so good. Negative ions, very good. Yeah. And some may find it hard to grasp since we are always about, you know, you should think in a more of a positive light versus a negative light. But it's different with the ions. Yeah. Now that you've brought up light, negative light, darkness, shadow. It's It's not something to be fearful. Exactly. It's all part of who we are. It isn't a matter of ridding yourself of the shadow of any kind of shadow, any kind of blackness in your life, but it's to become capable of seeing in the dark, to be comfortable in that darkness, to not fear 
what's in there, to befriend it, whatever it might be, to reframe it into something positive rather than negative or withholding or, you know, affecting your sense of freedom and personal evolution. So you're about turning your stories into something that serves. Exactly. Even if at one time you thought that story was just so victim or something we, that didn't serve. Exactly. Because we all, we all get caught up in our own stories. Yeah. And the loop. And it isn't until you get someone who's able to challenge those stories that you recognize just how ludicrous sometimes they even sound to your own ears when you hear them from another perspective. And I did forget to mention that earlier in your introduction that you do shadow work and that's actually one of Jackie's main things right now. So if you are feeling the pull, I'll have her information in the show notes and you can reach out. My next question for you is what comes to mind when I say the word self-love? Hmm. It was actually at one of your goddess gathering retreats, uh, my second one, where you asked us to review our core values that we had chosen on the last retreat, because this was a continuation. Right. right. It was part two. A level two. Right. And immediately within the first hour of that retreat, the word priceless came to mind. Because I had done that, my I had done my own shadow work on my own value, overcoming uh, a period of my life where I really wasn't living authentically. And when I came out of that, recognized that I had been sabotaging myself, and it was because I hadn't really recognized my own value. And it now it goes beyond worthy. I'm I feel priceless. Wow. Priceless. I recognize that, you know, it, we all have our own individual gifts. And too many times people have multiple kinds of gifts. Marie Forleo says we're multi-passionates. And again, there's the constraints, the thought out there somewhere that they would judge us if we had too many things going on, too many irons in the fire. And I refuse to live by that creed. For me, being a multi-passionate is freeing me up to be able to do everything, everything that I want to do. And that's the best way to be because I never get bored. I never get complacent. Every day is different. Yeah. And you don't have internet. I don't have internet at home. No. <laughs> For those who listen weekly, I also don't have internet. You would know. For new listeners, you wouldn't know that. But me and Jackie both now for many months have not have had internet in our homes. She started it and I saw such a shift in her. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how your life has looked since not having internet? Mm. And I know you will get it because you have certain things you'll be putting out yep. into the world our online. Plans, yep. But uh, for now you're enjoying mm. the spaciousness of no internet as am I. Right. Talk a little bit about that for me. Maybe how it felt at first and then how it felt beyond the first. And, mm. you know, just kind of the cycles of how you feel without internet. Well, for me, initially, the decision to not get internet was because I was taking a stand against the big companies who were relentlessly offering nothing but, uh, you know, bundles in the three digits that 
dictated that I, in order for me to have the internet, I also had to pay for home phone, which I, I also haven't had for years, and television, which I also haven't had for years. And I had been spoiled in the past when I lived um, in Prince Edward Island that I was able to get the internet and only the internet and only have that one small bill, and I was happy with that. So coming back to New Brunswick and, and finding that that wasn't offered... It angered me because, again, it was the the corporations having the control and padding their pockets. So I thought, well, screw you. You're not going to get my business. And I've been managing by uh, over-exceeding my data a couple of times until I found the happy spot, the pocket. Yeah. And um, I found some great spots where, you know, my local YMCA where I'm a member, I can just park by the door and do some banking if I need to. I go to park at the McDonald's, I park at the Irving, I park at the Petrocan, I park at the IHOP. It's like being a survivor. Like, right? okay, I got to connect. Where can I find the nearest Wi-Fi hub? Exactly, right? <laughs> and I also have a friend who lives a stone's throw from me and I have a key to her home and basically an open door policy that anytime I want to do some work online, um, I'm free to do it there. So as far as the future goes, um, I really want to expand more on the shadow work. Um, I have three clients currently, and and not only um, because of COVID, but also because of distance. They're all online or over the phone. Mm -hmm. Over the phone works really well. Initially, I do like to do a few sessions by video so that I can see their body language and yeah. their facial expressions. And that a lot, a lot of times will give me some information that's between the lines that is unspoken. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. The the results of not having internet is it also forced me to not be so sedentary, which is important for me at this stage in my life. I'm 56 years old. I'm carrying too much weight. I have hypertension. Sitting on the couch, scrolling aimlessly through social media. And it really affects your vibration. It does. And staring at that screen. So I don't do that anymore. I do way funner things. So it's enhanced your home life, you would say. Absolutely. It's made you feel more at home. Exactly. I find that. It's like I cook more. I, I just, I be. I'm, mm. I just love to just be. That's right. Instead of having that crutch of, oh, I have a second. Oh, let's whip out Instagram. Or, right. So you do the classic like cooking from your cookbooks or from mind from whatever you have in your mind. Right. And you're actually my cookbook without internet. <laughs> like me and my family were having a, we always do these themed dinner nights where it's like you pick a country and that's the food and it's like a potluck. And there was one Saturday and I called Jackie. I said, I don't have internet. It's a German theme. What should I make? And she's like, um, if I were you, I would make German potato salad. She said, cut up the potatoes, get a grainy mustard, put it on a bed of lettuce. I think you said yeah. something yep. like that. Yeah. It's great having cookbook friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny that you mentioned the books because I remember the conversation that you and I had when you were initially quite dumbfounded at the fact that I was going to go on without the internet. And now look at me, huh? Well, exactly, because I guess I just had to shake your cage a little bit because I remember one night in particular, you were like, how are you going to do your research? And I said, Stephanie, look at all the books. Yeah. I love my books. And you have such a beautiful book collection. And I remember I asked you one of the times I was over, 
when you die, who will get your book collection? <laughs> and she thought that was funny, but seriously, what a treasure, eh? Well, since you brought it up, you get them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. You don't want me to die just yet, though. No, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not going to poison this drink. No. no. Okay. <laughs> Jackie, you're a tarot reader, meaning you also really work with the elements. So I want you to talk a little bit about the elements first and how we can bring those elements into our home. I have such a, a strong reverence for mother earth and I spend a lot of time outside and I'm always scouring woods and fields and beaches and constantly filling my pockets and when my pockets are full I have space in my bra yes it's <laughs> the third pocket and you found a few treasures in the Bay of Fundy just last week. You found a rose quartz yeah. and put it in your bra. I did. That's Along with all special. the other ones, yeah. So now those treasures are, are on my uh, on my desk at home and they resonate. Every one of those stones resonates with the experience of that day, with the with the company, with the environment, with the conversation. And that's another reason why I bring in the elements. I, I might bring in you know, a, a branch with an interesting feature or pine cones or feathers representing the air element, right? Feathers remind me all the time that I'm not tied down, that I have the freedom to fly and go wherever. And air element in tarot is also uh, the the sword suit, the, the weapon of the intellect. It's all about the conscious mind and how mm -hmm. we use our our mind. So for me, the books is also a representation of that air element. Yeah. And water, uh, water for me is, you know, I definitely resonate with the bath idea that, that you have talked about and you can't dismiss a good, long, hot shower. Yeah. But for me, it's the bubbling water on the stove, making mm -hmm. soup. ASMR to you. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Is that bubbling in the steam and the smells that come off the steam or even the boiling of the kettle when I make my coffee in the morning and that gurgling sound, the anticipation around that and having it just the right temperature, right? Earth is is primordial. I have my, my plants for, you know, m my home, uh, but it's also in the wintertime, so I have access to soil. I'll dip my fingers in there and tickle their roots and talk to them. And <laughs> That's <laughs> maybe awesome. I'm, maybe I'm being a bit invasive. but So you don't live alone. You have your plants yeah, well, have and your dog, dog yeah. Odin. Yeah. yeah. Mama's boy. So do you call your plants your plant babies? No, I don't call no. them babies. <laughs> a lot of people uh, do. Yeah. Yeah, they do. No, I, I'll, I'll talk to them. I remember... Uh, in, during one of the moves, they weren't happy where they were. And I kept yeah. telling them, just hold on a little bit longer. I promise we're going to go to a better place. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. They didn't fail yeah. me. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Did we cover all the elements? Well, we did not, no. did we? Yeah. We uh, we need spirit in there. Spirit, spirit is the fifth element. Favorite. Right? Yeah. How do you incorporate spirit into your home? Spirit is is the representation of who you are at the soul level. Yeah. Right. So Your essence. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, it could be pictures. It could be objects. It could be, you know, just the the scribblings on in different notebooks with stories and ideas and uh, 
inspirations in spirit, right? Inspirations come from that being in spirit. And the music I've listened to and the the way that I have everything arranged in my house, I didn't follow the the light arrangements that would dictate that I should have a dining room in this particular position because that's where the light is. Yeah. I don't have a dining room table. No. Right? I have a Your tarot place, reading table. <laughs> her place is set up. You walk in. So it's a nice new build. She's not used to that. Mm. She's usually like in a cabin somewhere, but this yeah. one's a new build. But no you gills. walk in. It has no gills. And she has her healing room the first room there's a bathroom Mm. a bedroom and she has her office space which I love that's where she does her tarot and she has all her books but where you'd normally have your dining table she's like no big comfy couches Mm. that's what I want it's a much more social space that way yeah and it lends itself to the vibe when you come to my house because you're invited to put your feet up and get comfy and not ever feel like you have to be careful about not having a coaster on the table it doesn't matter right yeah so lived in you like the lived right in feel. exactly I mean objects are there I didn't I never understood people who spend a lot of money perfecting gleaming wood floors yeah that are constantly walked on if you want something that pretty don't put it underfoot <laughs> right it's going to get trampled on and I'll always have a dog or cats or plants or whatever that will make a mess incense ashes and if I have a floor that's gleaming to the point where it just wouldn't happen right it just wouldn't happen it's kind of it falls into the whole form and function right design if it doesn't feel good if it's not working for the lifestyle right well then it's not it's not perfect no it's all about the function meets the form and it's also about the feeling and the uh, feeling right because More for me anything. what feels most like home in a space is the smell of a wood stove and a creaky old wood floor like a wide plank pine floor and my coffee mug and my slippers that to me is like that's where inspiration's gonna hit you right yeah that's living the best life right there that makes your muse very very happy <laughs> I want you to describe your dream house because I think we all should have our dream home, not dream house as in like a mansion on the hills. I mean, what feels like home? What has always felt like home? And you've described it a few times to me. Yeah. I always envisioned that I would be on the Bay of Fundy and it turns out that I, I only ever looked on the New Brunswick side and now I'm starting to explore the Nova Scotia side. Um, which is just as beautiful and wild and pristine and and filled with negative ions. Um, but to live in a place that's surrounded by trees with the sound of ocean and wildlife and growth, trees, plants, flowers, grasses, herbs, vegetables, right? And And having the dream of having my horse there. All of these things for me are not aesthetic. It's all about fueling the authentic soul of who I am at my core, right? And as you mentioned, I'm in a new build and it was all new and fresh and exciting at the beginning, but now it's it's lost its luster because it has no personality. It has no gills. There are no drafts howling 
and telling me stories. In... And I love that because that's perspective, right? right? To me, I'm like, I love a new feel. Right. It's so interesting how we all have a different perspective. Yeah. I, I don't expect I'll be in the new build for much longer. I don't know what the next place is going to look like, but I have a sneaking suspicion that it's going to be close to the Nova, to the Bay of Fundy, probably yeah. on the Nova Scotia side, where I will be furthering my path into my dream yeah. life. It's, it's, I literally feel like I've stepped into a storybook. Yeah. Some of the things that I've been doing have just been aligning me to all kinds of synchronistic meetings and connections that I never even thought of a few years ago and now it's become the driver of my future the driver of my plans yeah the dreams are coming true mm. in a time where dreams don't seem to be as for easy a lot of people. right it's yep. very hard times and i have so much compassion for that um the one thing that i see that had you find this these things coming true, this place that becomes available, this opportunity. I mean, without going into too much detail, I know my listeners don't know about the opportunity, but I see a letting go of something that might be hard to hold on to and finally be freeing yourself and mm -hmm. then keeping true to the vision. Right. And yeah, just keeping true to the vision. Right. Because the vision you've been talking about is actually coming true. Well, why don't we tell them? Let's tell them. Let's, Let's tell, tell them, them what the vision is. Okay. I've always loved horses. I've always ridden horses. I've always ridden other people's horses. I've never had my own. I always wanted my own. And how old are you too? Let's 56. Just, 56. Yeah. Okay. And I fell in love with horses when I was three, when yeah. I met an, a big black workhorse who had his head bent over the fence and down at my level to the point where I, all I remember was being completely ensorcelled by the softness of his nostrils. <laughs> and I was completely madly in love. Very present. Very. I mean, I was three, so. <laughs> but and you still remember. Vividly. Wow. Yeah, vividly. And it's also one of the only memories I have of my dad when he was living, because he passed away the following year. But fast forward, it was four years ago, because it recently came up as a memory on Facebook. I think it was a, a, my bestie Trish who shared a video with me of a man from Finland or Hungary I'm not sure where Eric something who is a top-notch horse archer archery on horseback and I was completely it grabbed me in a way that I hadn't been grabbed in a long time <laughs> really it was it was fundamental that I have to do this. This is this is the, this is quickly taken the top of the bucket list, right? And uh, even more so than off-road rally racing. But that's, a, that's a, <laughs> I seem to be You're a, a multi-passionate, yeah, and a speed demon. And um, and then about a year ago, I discovered that there was somebody in Nova Scotia who teaches horseback riding archery, and followed him for a while and and his adventures and and his bettering in this in the in this avenue and then recently met him and started talking about a collaboration of a blending of horseback archery and the earth whims experience of connecting to the elements and teaching about ancient laws because in the world of horseback archery it's seen more as a martial art than it is a sport because it's all about intention and shooting on intuition 
Mm. So that so resonated with me and apparently my teachings, my knowledge resonated with this person. And um, so, and it happens to be on the Bay of Fundy on the Nova Scotia side. So I happens I don't, to have a cabin in the woods, right near the beach, right. So and there's a potential of a house being for rent up the road, um, right. a kilometer and a half. It doesn't matter if it's on the farm, off the farm, but to have access to that space, to work with him, to bring people in, so that the combined effort of how he teaches, from a place of intention, from a place of trusting yourself, trusting your horse, there's so much to be learned in that, and it's such a growth and healing endeavor and then to marry that with the earthworm's experience of being fed food that is from that land yes. that has been grown there that is prepared with so much passion on the fire in an old-fashioned way hello right take me yeah take me away for sure I and then wait. oh can we talk about the water element for a second yes, right please as i'm serving soup or whatever do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So this is how I live. But in that environment, being who I am and how I live would be part of the package. It would be part of the experience for these people who would be coming from all over the world. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? It's the world's highest tides. Yeah. Right? Beautiful, beautiful space. So I'm excited about what the future has to bring. And there's that sanctuary aspect to it. Because I've always felt more sanctity, the sanctuary, the came, that protective circle, when I'm surrounded by nature rather than people. You witnessed one of my triggers, which are quite minimal now, but children screaming. Mm -hmm. And the place where I live, it's a daily occurrence. So it that's one of the reasons it's lost its luster. It, the newness doesn't cover up the sounds that are constantly going on in the walking path just right. outside my door. So it no longer feels homey and comfortable and secure and safe. I feel safer the further away I am from humanity. It's not that you're running away. It's no. more that you're aligning with what feels fully right. Absolutely. It's all about alignment. Yeah. What would you say to the people who may be listening, who are committed to the space they're in? They do not see any chance of moving. How can they bring that feeling in of just whatever floats their boat? Yeah. Right. For some, it's, it's all about aesthetic. So you find the best of the best and hopefully you don't have champagne taste on a beer budget, right? But if you do and you're willing to make the compromise that new to you, which doesn't necessarily mean you know, new from the store, doesn't mean that you can't have a fabulous space. I personally don't like to see a lot of stuff go into the landfill, so I have more of a tendency to buy secondhand. Mm -hmm. And my pieces are all mismatched. But one of the aesthetics that I really love is like that French country, that shabby chic feel, that French country, or even the old English. So I have mismatched furniture, but that all have that underlying feeling of oldie worldy mm -hmm. with the tufted and the rolled arms and... And they're cozy and you can wrap yourself in them with a really comfy wrap and a really comfy pillow so that anyone coming to my house would feel automatically that if they felt like napping on my couch, it would be completely okay. 
Right. Right. So whatever it is that you resonate with is what you need to bring into your space, regardless of whether or not you're breaking decor rules. Yeah. That doesn't matter. No rule. And when you look at the old... If you look at magazines of the old French farmhouses, for example, they've been layered over and over over the years. I've been able to achieve that over a few years mm-hmm. by just collecting things that when I layer them, they just have that look, that earthwim's look, right? And anyone can do that at home. And it's to have objects that mean something to you, that yes. you love, images that mean something to you, that you love, not what is the perfect match to your wall color or your, the perfect match to your sofa because then you're going just strictly on rules from the color wheel but yeah. not what feels right. So it's all about the feeling. It's all it's about so what... It's so outside of the box. Absolutely. Of what? Yeah, no, I love that. Mm. Thank you so much. Mm. Anytime. I want to just touch a little bit more on self-love because we're self-love and sanctuary. We did That's so right. much on Let's sanctuary. About self-love, yeah. We did a lot on sanctuary, but I mean, self-love. I think that that's a big You part. asked me and I didn't finish the answer. That's okay. You talked about priceless, um, the word. Right. You know, self-love might mean recognizing what's holding you back mm. and, you know, being gentle with yourself. Okay, I slipped coming back. I slipped right. coming back. Yeah. What other things would you say you do for self-care? Maybe it's going to bed early. Maybe I know you do that sometimes. What is it that you would say is a testimony of self-love that you've shown yourself that is really, you see it paying off? Definitely not getting the internet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That was a big self-love thing. And not just because of the stand against the corporations, but about the the effect that it's had that I'm out walking more often and I yeah. feel better and I stop smoking pretty much. I still slip up every once in a while, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. But you're gentle on yourself. Right? Absolutely. Whatever. No one's perfect. Yeah. There's no point in being hard on yourself because then that just adds stress. Nobody's guaranteed how long they're going to be here. So just live your life as cleanly as possible. But if you slip up, you slip up and you get back on the, yeah. on the game, right? For me, self-love is about being really, really 110% unequivocally honest with yourself mm-hmm. because no one's ever coming to rescue you, right? That you can only be your own hero, your own rescuer. That is the highest form of self-love that you do absolutely whatever you need to do, regardless of what other people think, whether it's getting out of a shitty relationship or moving yet again, or you know, leaving a job that is crushing you, whatever it is, regardless of how difficult it might be the long run, when it's for your purest sense of love, internal love, then then it's worth it. It's worth the effort. It's worth the the uncomfortable stages in between. And like you said earlier, the more self-aware you become, the more mature, seasoned, crone-like yeah it's just so much easier to not have those attachments and just to be able to let go I'm in the process of looking through my house thinking okay well that can go that can go that can go I don't need that don't need that gonna keep that but that can go that can go right because in my current space it's about form function like you said it's about setting the atmosphere but going into potentially a little cabin or a little house where it'll be more about function than form, more about 
being there for a purpose rather than just to be there right yeah um then the aesthetic changes a bit around that yeah and to be able to have that flexibility that freedom freedom has always personal freedom has always been at the top of my list and to live in a way that i have granted myself personal freedom that is the biggest testimony that i i'm pretty special i think i'm pretty special (laughs) and i deserve it (laughs) thank you i love that and you do you do deserve it Mm. 100 percent, you do okay before we close, what's your favorite book? I'm asking a few rapid fire questions. Just oh, come wow. what comes to mind. I know favorite book is a huge thing to yeah. ask. It's like asking favorite song. Just any book. It doesn't have to be a favorite, but something that's impacted your life. A big turning point for me was in my probably late teens, early 20s when I read Og Mandino's The Greatest Miracle in the World. Wow. Yeah. I have not read that yet. It's a, just a little blue book. And there's good reminders. There's almost a reboot kind of a story where you're reminded to let's go back to basics and what's important. Let my Mm. heart beats for me every day and my lungs breathe for me every day and I don't have to think about it. And I have two legs and I have two eyes to see and two ears to hear. And That might be really helpful to like in these times right now. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What song do you absolutely love? Today? Josephine by Rituals was on repeat over and over. I love the musicality of that song. Beautiful lyrics, duet, lovely, lovely song. My last question. What's your morning routine look like? Oh, that's easy. Uh, The dog's nose uh, touches my arm right around five o'clock. Most mornings I'll try to convince him that it's not time to get up yet and send him back to bed, but that only lasts about five minutes and then the nose is back on my arm again. So I get up and I put water on to boil and I turn on a couple of soft lights and I put my boots on and my coat over my jammies and we go for a little walk and he does his little business and he needs to check out all the activity during the night. And then uh peruse the neighborhood even though it's five o'clock in the morning but he likes to be on the front stoop so i tie him there and he'll just lay there and you know stand guard it's his job takes it very seriously he's got excellent work ethics (laughs) and then i'll make my coffee in my french press with fresh ground beans always dark roast love a french roast take the edge off the boil by putting the water in your cup first it warms your cup so that when you pour the water in your coffee beans, you're not scorching them. At least four minutes, five, six, depending. And then that slow plunge and that first cup of coffee is just the bomb. Yes. There's two and three are good. They're good. They're all right. I guess it's okay. But there's nothing like that first cup. That first That first sip press. Feeling. Oh, yeah. And then from there, I can go in multiple different directions but the coffee and just the chilling and usually listening to an audiobook and taking notes i find the muse is so alive in the morning yes it's just it's my favorite time especially if you're up before the household our time is up but before we go i'd love for you to share how people can find you if they are feeling the pull to get to know you more, either just by following you on the Earthworm Circle or by booking a tarot reading or a shadow work session. Just let them know how they can find you, Jackie. Earthworm's easiest thing. And Earthworm's is the combination of the word earth 
and whims as in whimsical so it's earth w-h-i-m-s you can find my website at earthwhims.com you can find me on facebook under earthwhims there's also a page for earthwhims tarot which is specific to all things tarot and tarot school uh, which probably will be launching again in the new year it's all going to be online and shadow work again is resuming in January. I have spots for a couple of clients starting in January. And that's a commitment. That's, uh, that's a one-on-one -on -one, uh, online or telephone commitment with um, about five hours of guided shadow work plus a little bit of homework so that the premise is that we go beyond the 21 days that is usually required for a habit change because we're going beyond that and we're changing traits we're changing subconscious programming so um i used usually post information about shadow work on the earthwims page and while you're there you'll see the invitation to join the earthwim circle which is a private circle and i share a few things there that i don't share on the other pages mm -hmm. and you can always send me a message if you're interested in shadow work send me a message and we'll set up a time to have a chat uh, to see if we're a fit it's not for everyone sometimes you may think it's the right thing for you but you're not quite ready yet send me a smoke signal <laughs> <laughs> love it love it thank you for being my very first guest thank I you so, so much. appreciate it I'm it was so really fun. honored and to my listeners, I just hope that this episode had some nuggets in there that helped you feel a little closer to nature or a little closer to yourself. And uh, thanks for listening. It's so lovely meeting every two weeks on this podcast. Till next time, take care. Sending love. If you enjoyed this session, please share it with someone who needs it or leave me a review on whatever platform you're listening. And if you feel the pull to work with me a little deeper, you can find my offerings at the